the interesting thing is in the Caribbean, it costs two fifty for a slice of apple pie. And those are the pie rates in the Caribbean. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Love it. Welcome back, Theme Parkitects, to another episode of Theme Park Sandbox. My name is Aaron. My name is Drew. So on today's episode, uh, Drew and I are going to be discussing something that we've never done before, which is make a Disney attraction outside of a Disney theme park. And I know that sounds like kind of weird, like where would it go, what would it be? But uh, I think we both have some pretty good ideas for that because there exists on both the East and West Coast Disney parks a shopping and dining district. Mine is called Disney Springs. Drew's is called Downtown Disney. I'm sure you're all familiar with these big shopping complexes. There's something else that uh, that I think maybe a hot take, Drew. Disney sucks at sports. <laughs> they do. They do. Both your and my sports attractions are gone. Yes. And so that's how we are going to combine these two. Uh on my side of things, the NBA experience has closed permanently. It only opened in the summer of 2019. Uh, it closed, obviously, when the pandemic shut down the parks, and it does not uh, plan to reopen. The ESPN zone in downtown Disney has been closed for a very long time. We've had a few things that Disney has put in there as kind of, you know, a, a way to stop gaps. Yeah, basically stop yeah. gaps um, while they're figuring out what to do with that building. But the ESPN zone is gone. It's never coming back. So what do we do? And that's where we come in. And theme architects, we're going to make something inside of those former sports buildings on Disney property. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Drew, I'm going to go first, if you don't mind. It's been a while since we've done one of these episodes, and I feel like, you know, I'm going to shake off the cobwebs a little bit and see how we get going. Okay. Um, so just a quick overview of what the NBA experience was. It was basically a, a restaurant with, like, plussed basketball-themed experiences. Okay. So you could do, like, various uh, shooting um you know, shooting drills or like ball handling drills. Uh, they had this cool like bronze, um, I guess like bronze statues of various basketballs, but with the palm print of famous players to see like how enormous their hands are. And, you know, so it's like it, it would be really cool for me as like a nine year old who was obsessed with like the Lakers and thought he was going to be an NBA player. But it's really not surprising that. It was only open for a very brief period and uh, and closed afterwards. So anyway, that's the NBA Experience Center uh, as it was. Today, it is a giant building that, in my mind, is now an opportunity. So one thing that, uh, that I would like to say is Disney Springs does need, like, a marquee big attraction. Uh, yeah. It's got a lot of, like... I'll call them like openers to headliners, right? So it's an opener attraction. It would be like the the big 
hot air balloon that you can take. Right. Uh, you can go try Beverly at the Coke Center. Uh, <laughs> if you we know how that goes. Yeah, if you haven't seen that video yet, we'll link it down below so you guys can watch us trying Beverly for the first time. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Uh, so there's a lot of, and then of course a lot of shopping and a lot of great food, but no true like Disney through and through attraction. And right. so I thought it would be really neat to uh, to really infuse like a Disney-ified um, experience right into the that building. And what I came up with is a series of themed escape rooms. You, you've probably been to The Void in downtown Disney, which is like a VR experience themed around Star Wars. Right. I want these to be like full-fledged escape rooms. Uh, not necessarily quite so virtual, but um, really like authentic, well thought out, with like interesting illusions, puzzles, tricks, and, and maybe I'll just take a step back and explain what an escape room even is. Sure. Uh, you know, it's a uh, a series of rooms that have puzzles that you and a group. You know, these are designed for groups of say like three to maybe twelve people even, and. They're really, really interesting because you get put in a room, you are put to a timer and say, all right, you need to go find the widget or maybe the widget is just finding the key that unlocks the door that lets you out the other side. Right. And that's what you get to do. There are tons of escape rooms. The way that I think that Disney can set themselves apart is by using a lot of the technology that they've used in a lot of the more recent um recent ride experiences. Okay. Uh, two specifically that I'm thinking about, the, the like just technology implements that I think would be extremely cool. One would be uh, in the pre-show of Rise of the Resistance where you're standing in the troop transport and it moves a little bit, but yeah. it gives you the full sensation of like a Star Tours-esque experience while you're just standing. Right. And you're just standing there. So I think being able to implement that and then, of course, all the um, audiovisual things and all the lighting effects and things like that to really sell it. The other one that I think would be extremely cool that it really shocks me that this hasn't happened yet is implementing the technology that we see in Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway with all the projection mapping and like rooms that the physical sets are like blank but they do change. They physically change and adapt right. in different scenarios. And then the projection mapping will adjust accordingly. We've never seen that in a room that you can walk around in. Right. We've seen it, of course, in rooms inside of show buildings for rides. But I think putting those two very special, very specific Disney elements inside of an escape room would be incredible. Totally. Totally. And like the way I like to think of it is like those new projections are kind of like our 21st century circle vision theater, right? It's it's a totally immersive experience. You don't need to be in a ride vehicle to experience something like that uh, and, and just have it blow your mind. And actually, I would, I would say that you actually catch more detail if you weren't in a ride vehicle that was moving. You'd have a, an opportunity to sit and, and enjoy the surroundings. Yeah, so, yeah. and ex explore it. Perfect yeah. for an escape. I think about... You know, the, uh, the interesting way that they made water appear, especially at the very end of Mickey and Minnie's. Yeah. Um, the interesting way that they, like, use some literal physical motion and then some projection mapped uh, just visual trickery of motion. I just think that would be so cool 
in an environment that you can walk around. Totally. You know, and it could be on a, a you know, 10 feet above you so you can actually touch it or like break the illusion. I think that would be totally fine and appropriate. Again, this building that I'm putting these escape rooms in is enormous. You know, this is a very, very large space. So um, I came up with a couple ideas for what these escape rooms might be. Okay. Uh, one of the fun things about escape rooms is that they often change change theme so that like you as a patron of like XYZ escape room down the road, that you'll come back, you know, that you'll come back and experience a, a new a new set of challenges. Um, and that's a pretty popular thing. So I just came up with four kind of introductory uh, escape room ideas just to kind of get okay. the ball rolling. The very first one that I came up with, like almost immediately, was Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. So the the story really lends itself to like problem solving, especially you could open the experience by walking into or falling into the rabbit hole. You know, you have a projection of the white rabbit going down a hallway. That's your cue. You follow him. Yeah. And you go down the rabbit hole, and that's when you're in a, a series of rooms where you solve puzzles, you do different things that lead you to a bigger room and a bigger room and a bigger room to get the widget, to get the MacGuffin so that you can escape in a certain amount of time. I think that it would be crazy if you could be put in a, a room where you feel like you're giant, like your scale is Ooh, yeah. giant. So like you're in a room that's maybe, I don't know, there would have to perhaps be like some safety precautions taken, but like I'm thinking like a room that is like no more than maybe like five and a half feet tall. So like I'm six <laughs> two, I would be hunched over completely. Yeah. And then once you get through that uh, and you like crawl through a door to get out or something, once you get through there, then you get put in a room where you feel very tiny, right? So you get put in a room that has like 25 foot tall ceilings, but all the things are scaled up. So like there's chairs and tables that you're like looking up towards. Right. And it's like just this like crazy, like it's not an illusion. These are real physical things that you're seeing and adding in the elements of projection mapping and things changing and moving. And uh, the other thing that I really think would be cool is adding a little bit of a guide because one of the things in these escape rooms, sometimes you get stumped. Yeah. And so stuck. there's actually someone who's typically watching you and can help you out, can give you clues and hints. And I thought, who better to give you clues and hints in the Alice in Wonderland experience than the Cheshire Cat? Oh, yeah. So having even a projection of his face just appears... He gives you a little hint, a little like, hey, did you look in the place with the stuff and the thing? Or did you try drinking this or that? Or did you try the bottle with... And then finally you get to the conclusion of the uh, of the experience, which would be that you find the key that opens the little like anamorphic doorknob character. And that like <laughs> that would be like the, the big ending. Um, that you like escape into Wonderland. And that's like your your uh, finale, and that's where you get your time, and your your uh, companions are all like, celebrating and having fun. That's amazing. I love that idea. And what's cool about an escape room as an attraction with this type of deep immersion is that you can actually kind of change the experience to whatever you want it to be. So if you want it to, to go slow and be a little bit more calm, um, you can take your time. Or if you want it to be really crazy and hectic, um, like, I mean, you can make the room change based on how the people inside are 
are getting through the problems. You know what I mean? I think that's super cool. Because if you're really good at it, you still want to see all of those those things that are happening in the room. You still want to see Cheshire Cat, even if you don't need help. So um, I love the idea of having multiple scenarios in which, uh, based on how the team is performing inside of the escape room, the different elements in the room can change. Super and, cool. And I think that Alice in Wonderland presents a good like introductory one. It's not too scary. It's not too intense. Like Especially right. those opening scenes are not too too wild and they're pretty like cool and like mind bendy without getting to like the sort of uh analogies to drug use and all these other <laughs> may, right. maybe not so kid-friendly things uh <laughs> in the movie another one that i came up with that might be might be a little bit more on the intense side uh but i think would be like perfect for like a teenager and basically up would be a Star Wars-themed one where you are put in a trash compactor. <laughs> and you have to find your way out of a trash compactor. I love that. That's great. So my what I'm imagining is that you, uh, you, know, you start that one off in like a detention center, not unlike a Rise of the Resistance or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was thinking, you know, using that sort of like troop transport idea where you're like in some vessel that's... You know, the room is essentially shaking. You're not really going anywhere, but you're given the effect that you're going somewhere. And then they just toss you in a trash compactor. Uh, And they're like, yeah, a couple of rebels ended up in one of these things one time. And yeah, I don't think they made it out. (laughs) But good luck. And, you know, a stormtrooper like leaves you there. Yeah. Um, I think that would be like super, super crazy. Uh, Another one that would be more on like the Vogue side of things and certainly this is like Disney's thing right now is like really pushing these brand new Disney Plus properties would be a Loki themed escape room. Totally. This one I was very excited about because you could start the experience in like this very like dingy bureaucratic 1970s TVA office. Oh yeah. Right? So you're you're in the TVA office for processing and uh, and you eventually go and uh, and you'd be guided around by Miss Minutes, of course. Like, I, I think maybe I made this whole experience just to be able to like literally see Miss Minutes because I just think that'd be so cool. <laughs> She's the perfect character, though. She can literally show up wherever, which is which is wherever, fantastic. anywhere, anytime. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, just an incredible voice too. Oh yeah, like just such a perfect fitting voice. So you would you would uh, you know go through processing. And the story would kick off because Mobius, Owen Wilson's character, obsessed with jet skis, Mobius needs you to go get him something in, you know, XYZ coordinates of time. Or maybe WXYZ coordinates of time because you need spatial as well as temporal. Well, weird. Uh, So, you go through the actual Tempad orange portal door to get into your first experience. You are in like this like apocalyptic, crazy, you know, futuristic thing, or, you know, just like marveled to the gills, you know, and projection map it, give me an animatronic, give me whatever. And then you finally make your way through into another one and you get put, and I was very excited about this. You get put in the 1990s to get the thing that Mobius needs you to get. And the end of the experience would be that you get a coin and that coin goes to a vending machine. And then you learn which which one of the vending machine buttons to press. Like none of them would do anything except for one. You press that one and a little snack pops out and you realize this whole adventure has been just 
to get a snack for Mobius. <laughs> because he loves the 90s, and he loves the snacks from the 90s. Oh, that's great. That's great. Importantly, no spoilers. It wouldn't actually spoil anything about the show. It wouldn't really even have Loki in it. I don't think it would need to. Uh, and revealing that Mobius likes the 90s. I mean, don't we all like the 90s? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Whether you were there or not. And then so, what's cool about doing something with uh, with Loki is that there's the the idea of time. And like that's with an escape room, they're always timed. And you're always either trying to get it done within a certain amount of time or you're trying to get it in the fastest time. So there's, there's definitely a, a very present element of time um, for escape rooms. And then also, I like the idea of you're traveling through portals, which means that you can go to different areas with, anywhere. with different temperatures even. So you can change like yeah. the temperatures of the room to make it like really hot. And then the next one can be really cold or something like that based on, on where you are. I love that idea. I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, with with a, a good fog machine and, like, humidity in a given room, oh, yeah. like, you could just be put in the jungle suddenly. And uh, and then you get somewhere else and you could, like, waft in some scent, like, yep. some smell to be put into, like, somewhere else, like a forest or a cityscape or where, like, it, it really does lend itself to be, like, an Imagineer's paradise in a way. It's... Because you can just go anywhere, anytime, and it fits in the story. Totally. And I, I think you should end up at an orange grove at some point in time just because I miss ah. that scent from Soren. That's the only reason. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a great call. Yeah, I was going to say, I have one more. And I know I talked about the void a bit ago, which is like a, a virtual reality experience where yeah. you walk around a room as a stormtrooper. I thought that it would be interesting to implement some VR, um, but I think it had to be done in the right way it had to be done tastefully and it had to be done where there was like story continuity to why you'd be putting a big contraption on your face right right the clear solution to this is doing a tron experience where you put on a helmet that maybe acts as like a new identity disc is like the whole like a whole helmet and like face apparatus or whatever and you could experience the world of tron the neat thing about this would be the actual physical practical room would have to have like a few elements that would be interactable, you know, like switches and levers and stuff like that. Right. But it doesn't actually have to look like anything. Right, because you have your, your headset can, on. You have the headset on, which masks everything for you. It, essentially, instead of the projection mapping going outward, it's going inward. Very interesting. Yeah. So so you can you can do a couple of like really interesting things with this. I think for sure there should be a light cycle experience. So you find light cycles, which really it just means that like they lower a, a wall and now like a set of light cycles are accessible. So you mount the light cycles and they don't go anywhere, but they've got fans in front of you. So you have wind blowing on you and you have the visual and the audio of movement. And so all they really need to do is rumble the light cycle a bit and you've got the feeling that you're going 100 plus miles an hour on this crazy contraption. Totally. And you know, one thing, one idea that I love too, and like maybe this is just because I'm a huge Tron nerd, but um, I would love for the entrance to be like you enter in an arcade and you actually, of course. you pull that you Tron can, um, yeah. game out of the way and you go into that dusty, dirty, dingy office where you put on your headset, you know? Oh, absolutely. That'd be and so cool. What, what do they call it when they when you get like digitized? Like 
derezzed or something. Well, that's when you like when you like get erased. That's deresolution. Oh, that's when right? you like get killed. Yeah. yeah. So you mm-hmm. would just get zapped by the laser. But that would be just so cool because we've had a few different Tron experiences over here on the West Coast that were pretty great, but never really stuck. So I think this would be a really cool way to use Tron and make it relevant again, especially in Disney Springs now that they're adding um, the Tron roller they're coaster. Roller coaster, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love that idea. I think it's fantastic. So just those are my four uh, escape room ideas as replacements for that big old building that uh, that is or was RIP the NBA Experience <laughs> Center. So um, that's that's my idea on on giving like a really great marquee headliner level attraction for Disney Springs. Yeah, I you know, and before before we end it, I would like to acknowledge the fact that Disney Springs too itself is a bit of a destination location, just like one of the theme parks. Very true. Like it, it's Very pretty true. close to being like a fifth, like it's only a step down from Epcot. You know what I mean? Like it's just missing right. rides. But if it had a signature attraction, it would definitely elevate that experience. And I think what you've designed with the four different types of attractions is something that actually appeals. You can have them all in one big show building. And I don't know if that was Definitely. if that was your idea. Was it was it to have all four of those in one building at the same time or rotate it out? Yeah, so uh, certainly escape rooms are designed to like be rotate like seasonal rotation, but they're also designed so that they can run multiple rooms, like right. multiple experiences running simultaneously with different groups. Uh, so that like increases your throughput, of course. Um, but the other thing is you can uh, vary their level of challenge, right? And I think that's an important, uh, an important thing, especially in attracting families. Like I imagined that the um, that the Alice in Wonderland experience would be like, if I'm rating it, like a three out of ten, and then you have right. one that's a five out of ten and a seven out of ten, and then the most challenging one. And um, I, I love that because because it does really open up your experience to a larger. Um, a group of people from different age groups, you know what I mean? So you can have right. something for kids, something for adults, uh, something that's super technologically advanced. Um, I, I love that. That's great. And I guess it's worth talking about the money aspect as well, because right. you, and I think rightly put that Disney Springs is not that far off from an Epcot. Uh, I think Disney Springs obviously pushes more towards shopping and of course, like third party vendors. It's not just all Disney shops. Right. Uh, but the difference is like the, ticketing experience and the when when and where and how you pay mm-hmm. so these experiences you know these escape room experiences would have to be like a pay per experience right this isn't something where like you just walk into the you know essentially walk into the shopping center and pay to get in 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 so we were talking about third parties you you just mentioned the word third party i think right. i think this is something that obviously there's a reason why attractions like the Void have gone away in Anaheim. Uh, I don't. Did you guys have one in Florida? I, I don't know if I missed that part. I'm, I'm not sure if you did. If if there was one, it was here, here and gone before I moved okay. here. Well, no worries. the The bottom line is the Void was here for a good amount of time, but it never really lasted, and it was never really something that locals wanted to do. Right. So I think. 
having something that Disney owns, not a third party, but something that is truly authentically Disney and having that available for the guests who are visiting Disney Springs or locals that are visiting Disney Springs, like that's the level that they want. And anything below the level that Disney would themselves invest in, I don't think is going to succeed. Um, for, because for you have high expectations. Right, yeah, those, exactly. those guest expectations are, are very high and need to be met or you're going to have imminent failure. Totally. You, you can't just be Disney themed. It has to be Disney quality and, and mm-hmm. it has to be executed like Disney themselves would do it. So, Right. But I love it. I love it. I think that's great. Escape rooms. Oh, gosh, I, I haven't done an escape room in, in a long time. So I'm going to have to do it again. Just and, But this time I'll, I'll do it thinking like, oh, what would it be like if Disney were to do something like this with that level of quality. There, there have been tons of examples where, you know, something will kind of come into style and Disney waits and watches and sees how to do it and then like puts their spin on it and right. it explodes. So I think that that could really be, um, that could be something really compelling. Uh, I, I will admit that my only fear is that like the, the sort of shine of escape rooms I think is kind of worn. It is. Uh, certainly they, they did not do well during COVID and quarantine, but um, I think the novelty factor may have worn a little bit. So that's why adding those Disney spins, those unique technological elements that only they can really afford to do uh, and, and do at scale. I think that's what would make all the difference. Definitely. Definitely. Well, hey, great pitch. I loved it so much. Um, anything else? Uh, no, I, I really would be excited to hear from our, our listeners and our audience. What would be the escape room that you would love to do that's a Disney-themed escape room? What are some of the immersive elements that maybe you've seen in a ride or you've seen in a show, you've seen Disney do, and putting it into an escape room would be something that would blow people's minds? Put that down in the comments below, and we'll we'll give a shout-out to the best response that we get. Yeah, we'll definitely pin the best response for sure in the comments. If you comment down below and we like your idea, we'll pin it. So make sure to check back on the video later, too, to see who ended up getting pinned. Now, Drew, it's over to you because I know you've got an awesome pitch for something that's going to go in downtown Disney. <laughs> and we will be able to talk about that in our very next episode. That's right. So if you see it right here in the bottom of the window somewhere, or if you're too early, you might have to wait till next week. But at that, we will see you guys in the next one. Thanks so much for watching. Bye, guys.